The holiday of Shavuot is described in the 23rd chapter of the book of Ayikra, which gives us a list of various holidays. chapter begins by saying, Taber b'nei Yisrael v'yomartarihem Mo'adei Hashem ashetikru otam mikrai kodesh elohem mo'adai These are my mo'adim, my fixed times, of which you shall proclaim as sacred occasions. These are these occasions, and the Torah lists the festivals, the Moadim, as we know them, and it begins, actually, it's interesting, the first that's listed is the Shabbat. Shabbat Shabbaton Mikra Kodesh, Shabbatu Hashem B'chom Moshvotechem, and then, after the mentioning of Shabbat, Ewa Moadei Hashem Mikra Kodesh, these are the special days that have set times. The Shabbat, of course, is every week. And these are the special days of the year. And the Torah lists the special days, beginning with Pesach, which in the Torah refers to the 14th of the first month, where the Paschal sacrifice was brought. Then the 15th of the month, Chag Matzot, the festival of Matzot. And then the Torah beginning of the ninth verse of chapter 23, God speaks to Moshe, Daber b'nei Yisrael v'yomartolehem ki When you come into the land that I will give you, and when you reap its harvest, uktartemet katsira, vavetemet omer reshit katsichem rakohen, you shall bring the omer. The omer is a sheaf. You shall bring the sheaf of your harvest, the first sheaf of your harvest, to the Kohen, to the priest. So the Torah says that on the day following the Shabbat, it's a great question what that refers to. The Jewish tradition takes it to mean the day after the first day of Pesach. I'm not going to discuss now the problems attendant upon that interpretation. But that is our tradition, that the day following the first day of Pesach, the Omer sacrifice is brought to the Kohen. And the Torah says, a few verses later, One is not permitted until that day, when this sacrifice is brought, one is not permitted to eat bread, parched grain, not permitted. It's what in the tradition is called chadash. Until the sacrifice, the omer sacrifice is brought. And this is the rule. When you enter the land, says the Torah, you enter the land, you bring the omer sacrifice. A day after Passover, in that tradition, Shabbat. And then, in the 15th verse, you shall count. You shall count from the day following the Shabbat, from the day you bring the Omer, Sheva Shabbatot Tmimot Tiena, a count of seven full weeks. Until you complete the seventh week, you shall count fifty days. Vikravtem mincha chadashal Hashem, and you shall bring 
a new offering, a new grain offering unto God. This offering, the Torah calls lechem, it calls it bread. It calls it bikurim, first fruits. Together with this sacrifice of the lechem are brought other animal sacrifices in verse number 18. And in addition, the Torah says in verse 19, two two, uh, lambs are brought as a shlamim, as a sacrifice of well-being. The shlamim sacrifice is eaten by the one who brings it, as well as the Kohen, and part, of course, is brought on the altar. And the Kohen shall wave them together with the lechem, with the bread, lechem abikurim. So this is a special sacrifice brought after seven weeks, and this is called, uh, known in the tradition as kifsei atzeret, and it's a unique sacrifice. It's a sacrifice, the Torah says, that is lechem, it's bread, it's chametz, the Torah said, in verse number 17. And we know that, generally speaking, the Torah had said earlier in the book of Ayikra that uh, chametz is not to be brought as a sacrifice. But this is an exception to the rule. When you come into the land, you count seven weeks, and then you bring the special sacrifice, which is bikurim, first fruits, which is lechem, which is chametz, and then the Torah says in verse 21, On this very self-same day, There shall be a holy day. This is a rule for all times in all of your settlements throughout the ages. So I want to reflect briefly upon this day which the Torah here does not call Chag Shavuot. In the book of Dvarim, the Torah calls it Chag Shavuot. Here it does speak about the counting of weeks. And it's interesting to note that in this uh, list of special days in the year, what constitutes a special day typically is three things. One has to do with the fact that the day is a day in which work is not permissible. Melacha is not permissible. The words of the Torah typically calls Mulacha Mulechet Avodah Lotasu. For example, in the description of Pesach, or Chag HaMatzot, in verse number uh, 7, Bayom HaRishon Mikra Kodesh, Yelachem, Kol Mulechet Avodah Lotasu. And on the seventh day of what we call Pesach, in verse number 8, Mikra Kodesh, Kol Mulechet Avodah Lotasu. One is not permitted to do any work. That's one constitutive element of what is a holy day. The second is that these days have special sacrifices. Yishel Hashem. Sometimes the Torah, uh, it spells out actually what the sacrifice is, and sometimes it just says Yishel Hashem. But the idea of a day of special sacrifice is significant, and that's one of the elements that defines something as a sacred day. Interesting is that when it comes, for example, let's say Pesach, there the Torah says that uh, it's a special day, and then it says in the next verse, you should bring a special sacrifice. So it first mentions the prohibition of work, 
And then it mentions the fact that the day has a special sacrifice. Those are two elements. The third element is special observances. So Chag HaMatzot is the eating of the matzah. Pesach is the sacri- Paschal sacrifice. When it comes to this day, though, it's interesting that the Torah places a tremendous emphasis on the sacrifice, the nature and the specialness of the sacrifice. And then it says, in verse 21, On this day, when you bring the sacrifice, you shall declare this to be a holy day. So it puts the sacrifice at the center, and then it says, on this day of special sacrifice, it is, of course, a day in addition that one is to refrain from labor. So what is the nature of this special sacrifice that seems to be the defining element of what we call Chag Shavuot? And the first thing to consider is the fact that on the festival of Shavuot, the sacrifice is Lechem and is Bikurim. And the Torah begins this whole section of Shavuot by saying, Ki tavo el ha'aretz, when you come into the land. What it sounds like is that the festival is about entering the land, and not just entering the land, but actually possessing the land. The idea of lechem, the idea of bread, that which sustains you, coming from the earth itself, not the manna from heaven, but the bread, the lechem, that is your lechem, seems to be the main point. We are counting towards not just freedom. We left Egypt, and we're counting towards something which we see as the goal. And one of the goals in the Torah, most certainly, was to possess your own land, to have freedom and autonomy, to be a full person. In the Torah, only a full person can fully serve God. So the Torah says that when you're going to possess the land, and what you have to do when you possess the land, the lechem, which is yours, What's at the center is to bring the sacrifice to God. In other words, a recognition that the land is mine, but it's mine in as much as I recognize that in some sense it can never be fully mine. Fundamentally, the way the Torah describes it, it's God's land. But God allows me to fully partake of the land if I understand that actually it's God's land. That's what the festival of Shavuot seems to be about in the Torah. And on this day of recognition that, yes, the land is mine, the Lechem is mine, on this day of recognition, that's a sacred day. And then the Torah says, Of course, it has the other element as well of refraining from work. It's interesting, and I'll conclude with this thought, that later on in the Torah, after the episode of the spies, in which the generation is told they will not possess the land, but the children, the next generation, will possess the land. And in chapter 15 of the book of Bamidbar, the Torah and Moshe begin to teach the people what's going to happen when they do possess the land. And what's interesting is that the in that chapter 15, in verse number, beginning in verse number 17 and 18, tell the people that when they enter the land, when you partake of the bread of the land, the lechem of the land, that which the land produces, you shall set aside a gift to God, 
which the Torah calls, and we call in that tradition, Chala. The, the apportioning of the Chala, which Moshe says, you'll have that mitzvah when you possess the land, and you will possess the land. This generation won't, but the next generation will. And one of the first mitzvot that is mentioned is Chala. The, the truma, the gift from the Lechem. So in both places, the Torah speaks of Lechem, which means the full possession. And con- in conjunction with the full possession must come the recognition that it's God who granted you this land. Granted you the land as a realization of your aspirations, which began when you left the land of Egypt and you count towards the goal. That's the idea of Sphira. Svirata Omer, as we call it, is putting into practice through our speech describing what we aspire to. In the plain meaning of the Torah, we aspire, uh, aspire to possessing a place where we can fully recognize uh, all of our abilities, our gifts, be full people, and fully stand before God.